definitely human. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. This is the spoken logbook of Cornelia Cavendish. Entry 6 on acupuncture. It has been three months since I began my European tour of speaking engagements, and I am pleased with my progress so far. Dorothy has been stalwart in her management of my lectures, and Joy has been a great help as well. In Rome, the manager of the Galleria Colonna kindly acquiesced to my request that he record my lecture for posterity. I shall reproduce the phonograph record here, so that future listeners of my logbook can experience it as the audience did on that temperate October afternoon in Rome. Thank you all, thank you all for coming and for welcoming me to your beautiful city. I am Cornelia Cavendish. You will have heard rumours, of course, that I am some kind of sorceress, a fiendish master of the arcane who faces down foul monsters. I assure you all, these rumours are not only true, but enormously understated. I have long been an enthusiast of the occult. Ever since the death of my beloved husband, Brendel, in 1888, I have dedicated myself to the study of subjects outside the prosaic sciences. But it was only two years ago that I encountered the hidden realities of the world firsthand. In 1919, I journeyed to a military convalescence house in England. I arrived at Draclow Hall to much fanfare, my reputation as a lady of class preceding me. With me were the two young ladies you see here tonight, although they were mere strangers to me at the time. I present Dorothy Taylor, an American nurse, and Joy Dutton, who is now my ward. Wave to them, Joy. That's right. I was also joined by Sebastian St. Battenberg, a veteran of the Great War. He was invited to my talk here tonight, as he has been every night, but we have yet to enjoy the pleasure of his company. Despite only being at Draclo to judge its suitability for my patronage, I was quickly plunged into its dark underbelly. The very first night we arrived, there was a murder. A young soldier lay dead with his teeth removed. I investigated, but there was scant evidence, and the nurses were determined to impede my inquiries. Immediately, I knew that they were hiding their guilt. That night, as we slept, I was visited in my dreams by a man wearing a fox mask. Effusing an aura of great evil, he turned his focus towards me, and I awoke. In my room, what should have appeared as if by magic but a stag. It bucked and thrashed, but I leapt to the defence of young Joy Dutton, an innocent girl. Back, I cried. Back, you foul beast. I tussled with the creature, and Sebastian struck it a blow over the head. Together we subdued it, and as we... we... Please, Dorothy, quiet. I can hear you mumbling back there. 
Well, following my hunch from the dream, we made our stealthy way into the woods the next evening. There we found a monolith. Yes, a vast stone pulsing with secret malice. Through holes in the stone, a sinister whistling sound could be heard. I was flush with the audacity of my intrepid spirit, and so I touched the stone, though the others would not dare. It was dry, despite the powerful rain, and was warm as blood. Beside it was a hidden rickety shack. Upon entering, we found the body of another soldier, and a hideous mound of human teeth. What twisted mind could have laid such horrors out there? We hurried back to the manor. I led the way, storming up ahead to confront the outrageous villains of our misadventure. But the Draclo Hall we returned to was very different from the one we left only an hour before. It looked abandoned, decrepit, a hollow shell degraded by the ravages of years. Spying a concealed door in the floor, I mounted a charge beneath the manor. There we encountered the head nurse, now a monstrous being within whom writhed a nucleus of human hands. She was conducting some sort of infernal experiment on the soldiers now deceased, and in my righteous fury I shot the demon down. Following the passages, we came finally upon the chamber where the gross mastermind of this affair lived, a screeching supernatural creature, a humanoid form made entirely from hands. It was attended by the members of the Grizzly family and a company of nurses. We were outnumbered and outmatched, but I could not bear to leave the beast alive, so I doused it with fire before we fled. Though we eventually made our way back to safety and civilization, this encounter still haunts our nightmares. What was the creature, and does it still live? And who was the man in the fox mask? What did the monolith signify? Why were teeth removed from the soldiers? The secret of Draclo Hall seemed to conjure more questions than answers. Now I would like to bid welcome to a special guest. Yes, indeed, we have a member of the Royal Society in the audience tonight. Dr. John MacDonald. Dr. MacDonald, where are you? Wait for me, Doctor. Ah, there you are. Dr. MacDonald is a physiologist and researcher in nerves and muscle tissue. Dr. MacDonald, please join me on stage. That's right, that's right. Don't be shy, Doctor. How are you tonight, Doctor? Wait, don't answer. I can see you are moving a little stiffly. A little tired, are we, Doctor? Time catching up with you, is it? Of course it is. You are watching the sun set on your life. But I have just the solution. Tonight, after my story is told, I will give you all a demonstration of my advancement in the occult arts. If you go behind that screen, Doctor, my assistants Dorothy and Joy will help you undress and prepare you for the procedure. Don't worry, it will be perfectly safe and painless, I assure you. It is an ancient Chinese medical technique that I'm sure you will appreciate as an expert in nerves and tissue. Off you go now. Go on, off you go. Take him away, Joy. Well, of course, one supernatural adventure might be enough for a normal prodigy of the occult, but scarcely a year later I found myself embroiled in another perilous escapade. To celebrate my 60th birthday, I was invited by Lord Samuel Percival Talbot to Egypt. Being a woman of famed munificence, I invited my acquaintances Dorothy, Sebastian and Joy to join in my birthday celebrations. We were to begin at Lord Talbot's house in Cairo and voyage up the Nile, ending at the excavation of a newly discovered tomb that would crown my legacy. But when we arrived at Lord Talbot's house, we found another murder. His manservant hung from the ceiling, his teeth removed. As we approached the body, I saw the window had been smashed. I leapt into action. 
running down the Cairo streets after the ascent, my loyal followers close behind. The fiend got away, but as we returned, we saw none other than Angela Gresley from Draclaw Hall being attacked in the streets by knife-wielding villains. I tried to stop them, but Sebastian held me back. You must look after yourself, Cornelia. He implored me. We cannot afford to lose you. Joy, I can hear you muttering. Please return to preparing Dr. MacDonald. I want him tied securely on that gurney. He must not move during the procedure. Back at the house, I found a canopic jar, a relic of ancient Egypt used to store organs during mummification. The lid of the jar was shaped like the head of a man, and opening it up, we found a reserve of still moist human teeth. Well, the next day, we embarked on the Nubia, a steamboat bound for the desert valley. This was another eventful journey. The first day we endured a freak sandstorm in which we lost one of the other passengers, Rose Clifford. She was the mother of Henry Clifford, who was leading the archaeological dig. Again, I tried to save her. Diving into the minaceous waters, I barely avoided the chopping blades of a steamboat's paddle wheel. But she was gone, eaten by the crocodiles. Back on board, I discovered an alabaster idol in the quarters of one of the steamboat's crew, its head a replica of the one on the canopic jar. I went to confront the crew about it and discover their involvement in this web of wickedness, but as I approached the first mate, he opened fire at me. On the roof of the steamboat, we did mortal battle. He armed with a pistol, me with the craven idol. My followers supported me, and as I took a bullet in the shoulder, young Joy Dutton cried out. Her only real family, the person she admired the most, injured by some brutish outlaw. It was too much to bear. Weeping, she gunned the man down. At the excavation site, we were greeted with as much ostentation as the famed Egyptologist Henry Clifford could muster in that savage land. But as darkness fell, we found ourselves in danger once more. A pack of otherworldly creatures surrounded our tents. They were lions, but they made strange, giggling noises. We rushed outside to defend the poor workers of the dig site. I handed the gun and bullets to Sebastian, knowing that as a military man, he would be more comfortable with them. Do not worry about me, I assured him. My natural speed and wiry strength will be sufficient to vanquish these demons. Already, Joy was in trouble, coming face to face with one of the creatures. I sprinted over and grabbed her, carrying her bodily to safety. Meanwhile, one of the workers was being dragged away by the pitiless beasts. Cornelia! cried Sebastian. You must save that man! He was trying to catch up to the lions, but his lumbering bulk would not permit it. I ran after them, my legs a silent blur in the moonlight. But the lions were too fast, even for me. Giving up the chase, I noticed a stone protrusion from the sand. It was another monolith, not quite the same as the one by Draclow, but clearly of the same family. I touched it, and the stone seemed to crawl beneath my hand. The next day, we decided to venture into the tomb. Mr. Clifford blew the entrance with dynamite, and we stepped into the darkness. But coming up the other way, we met a strange man. An Italian, one of your countrymen. Ippolito Rosalini. He claimed to have come from the other entrance. It made no sense, but we followed him to discover the truth for ourselves. Oh, little did we know the truth would be so terrible. How are you getting on back there, Dr. MacDonald? Ah, nice and secure, I see. Very good. I shall be with you in just a moment. Dorothy, please retrieve my needles. Oh, don't worry, Doctor. There's nothing to fear. Like I said, it will be entirely safe and painless. Afterwards, you'll feel like a new man. 
So, we followed the tunnel downwards, and at the bottom we arrived into a cavernous hollow. Beneath the Egyptian desert there was a vast Gothic cathedral. How did it come to be there, in a tomb that was sealed for millennia? Baffled, I marched in. The stained glass windows bore the aspect of Angela Gresley, the murdered woman. And following Mr. Rossellini into the bowels of the building, I came upon a final door. I opened it, and there I saw the dark dimension. Yes, an immeasurable, lunatic hellscape, populated with creatures the likes of which had not been seen on Earth. I closed the dimension door as the creatures stormed their way towards it. We fled the tunnel, dynamiting it behind us, leaving the corpse of Henry Clifford behind us. Oh yes, he died, by the way. And we emerged into the blistering sunlight. I hope you have enjoyed my tale. Doubtless it has shaken your worldview to its very core, but nevertheless, I hope you can take some comfort and happiness in my defence of a world from these agents of evil. I will be available afterwards for questions, so please restrain yourselves until then. But now, I will demonstrate for you the ancient Chinese art of acupuncture. I have been studying its theory for some time now, and am as excited as you to perform this procedure for the first time. Don't worry, Dr. MacDonald. The books I procured were exhaustive in their discussions, and as a lady of education, I doubt I can go very far wrong. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you acupuncture! It's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.